Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world. Join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Welcome back to this episode of Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. My guest today is a friend and colleague of mine, Natalie Lavelock, and she is a speaker. She's a four-time best-selling author. She's a strategic business advisor, which we're going to talk about a little bit uh, because there are strategic business advisors and program development specialists out there that I think the combination that Natalie brings is something very, very interesting. Her mission is to reconnect the world of business to the heart of God, equipping and empowering faith-based and purpose-driven coaches and speech, uh, speakers to partner with God to build a profitable business that leaves a legacy of faith, love, and abundance for generations to come. Um, her clients hire her when she because they're exhausted with the hustle and grind of day-to-day -day business, who isn't? frustrated when they're not making the kind of money that they could they could be who isn't and sick and feeling like they have um, to sell their soul in order to gain success. Natalie works with her clients to create a business that's fully aligned with their faith, their goals and their purpose in life so they can finally achieve success while living a life that they love. Welcome to the show, Natalie. I'm so excited that we finally made it here. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. It is always a pleasure getting to talk with you. Thank you so much for inviting me to be your guest. Of course, of course. I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way, but although no one would think that because this is third time's a charm for this, but, um, you know, we're excited. We're excited that you're here today. So I want to start off with, um, you know, I, I mean, obviously this podcast is life after breaking through glass ceilings. Tell us a little bit about your the glass ceilings that you've broken through. And of course, these aren't for women. This isn't money necessarily. This could be, you know, relationships, um, uh, weight, uh, you know, whatever, physical disabilities, whatever it is. What's What are some of the ceilings that you've broken through in your life that you'd like to share? You know, there've been, there've been several and, you know, I think sometimes I fail to even recognize that the ceiling has shattered, right? Because when you're, when you're aligned with the thing that you're doing, when you are on target and on your path, things just fall away as you continue moving forward. And, you know, now that we're having this conversation and you're asking me to, to think back about them, I'm like, wow, you know, there have been a lot of things that have been shattered. And I think that one of the first things really was, um, it, it all leads to who you are and how you're showing up in the world. And so for me, I see a sequence of events where, you know, I, I created new opportunities for myself that didn't exist in the past. Um, one of the very first times was when I was coming out of nursing school and I knew that I knew that I knew I always wanted to work in labor and delivery. Well, 
you don't just walk onto a labor and delivery floor. You have to work med surge or surgery or something like that for two or three years before they'll even consider you for labor and delivery. Well, guess what? I walked out of nursing school and into labor and delivery and women's health care became my home for almost 20 years of my life. So I, I think that's the first time I really felt like I broke through a barrier that had been set up. Um, and then we continued to grow that department. I started a business within the hospital. Um, we led our organization to um, achieve design global designations that very, very few hospitals had ever achieved. And I was able to pioneer different projects, different roles within the organization that had never happened before. And it was really great. And it was a lot of fun. And it was um, that that forward momentum and breaking through barriers and, and creating things that didn't exist in the past. And then there came the day where our executive leadership team, husband and wife team, decided to retire. And when they retired, the entire vision and focus of the organization shifted. And so I found myself in a place where I had to choose between two really great options, right, right. <laughs> which is probably not what you expected me to say, <laughs> because right, usually when that happens, like, yeah. You know, I was thinking, yes, yes, and then you went and rebuilt it and broke through another ceiling. But so you came to a fork in the road where you had to decide who you were going to follow. Yeah, I did. And so I, I had two really great options. One was I got invited to move into a management position. I got offered a promotion. And on the other hand, I felt that God was calling me into something new calling me into something different to start a business of my own. And I just, you know, it's like, do you choose good or good? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I so really for me, go ahead. go ahead, Jen. No, go ahead. It's all right for you. Oh yeah. For me, it, it was, it came down to, a matter of the heart and a matter of priorities because everything I'd ever been taught was, you know, build your career, make a name for yourself, get the retirement plan, the insurance plan, a steady paycheck, you know, all of those things that the world says is so good. And yet in my heart of hearts, I knew that I, I wanted to follow God no matter what. And my highest calling at that moment in time was the calling to be a mother to the three sons that God had given me. And I couldn't do that if I was constantly getting called away nights, weekends, holidays, spur of the moment, because that's what management and healthcare is like. Whatever, when the fire hits, you just drop everything and you run. And I wanted to raise my sons to be godly men. And I knew I would be sacrificing that if I chose prestige if I chose, you know, to climb that corporate ladder, um, 
in lieu of that. And so ultimately I, it was kind of like, here we go, God, right? Like, yeah. I'm just going to follow you. I'm going to, I'm going to do what you're calling me to do. And I knew that even through all the doubt, even through all the fear, that was the next ceiling that got shattered was the fear ceiling, because I knew that I knew that I knew that no matter what happened, the safest place I could ever fall, the safest place I could ever fail into was the loving arms of my creator. Hmm. And he has shown time and time and time again, that he is my provider, that he is my strength, that he is the one that will take care of everything that we need. And I don't need to stress about it. I don't need to worry about it. I just need to be faithful in taking the next step in what he's asking me to do. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting concept. I want to dig a little deeper in it, you know, from your perspective, because, um, you know, you and I've talked, I've been on your, what is the name of, what is the name of your summit that we did so that everyone can hear it? Yeah, the International Christian Speaker Summit. There we go. I couldn't remember the name. And then I've also, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yes. I was just going to say, I think you've also been on my faith, family and business live show as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so we're both faith forward. We're faith driven, you know, speak to us a little bit about this, you know, um, saying that, that you had the trust and confidence uh, to just place everything, you know, like take the wheel, right? Lord, take the wheel. And um, so for people that struggle with that, or people that are um, at a, at a place in their faith where they don't have the confidence in that yet, they're still worrying. They're still, concerned about where this is going to come. Help us walk through how you uh, hear God, how you, um, you know, give him the wheel. It's so funny. The reason why I'm asking this question is because, uh, you know, I had said something to God once and, and whatever I said, I, you know, that day, um, wow, it just all came, it all came to me. It was just, you know, I manifested it through God, right? I was just saying, it's your will. I'm, I'm done. I, I, I don't even know what I said, but I wish I could remember what I said so I could duplicate it. Right. <laughs> so walk us through, uh-huh. <laughs> right? Like some of the words that you use and where this deep rooted faith is, how do we um, just let the world go away and, and let God come in? Um, and I, and I obviously, you know, be still and know that I am God. I, I'm very aware of that scripture in Psalms. Um, and I, and I do that every day, but it seems that you're able to disconnect, uh, the worldly wants from the godly wants and still get the worldly wants. Does that make sense? So walk us through a little bit about what that path looks like for someone who's listening here and saying, wow, that's, that's strong. That's really a strong position. Yeah. What's what's coming up for me, Jen, as you're talking about that is in everything, seek first the kingdom of God and all the, these other things will be added to you. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it all starts mm -hmm. because the worldly wants, I mean, don't get me wrong. I want those things too, right? And I don't want them at the expense of the greater things. 
I don't want them at the expense of peace. I don't want them at the expense of love. I don't want them at the expense of, you know, the, the message that I have to share and, and creating a legacy of faithful children and people behind me. So Mm -hmm. I think seeking God's heart really is where it starts for all of these things. And when I was looking at leaving that position at the hospital, I mean, I'm not just this like warrior, right? That like, yes, we're going to go do the scary thing and it's all going to work out just fine. No, like every, every doubt and fear that a person could have came into my mind. I mean, I was, I was thinking, you know, like Natalie, who do you think you are? what do you know about running a business? You're just this little farm girl, right? And beyond that, if this fails, my children go hungry. If this fails, we lose our home. If this fails, my husband loses the farm. And we all know that when the the financial pressures come, that's one of the greatest times that marriages fall apart. Mm -hmm. And so you know, did I believe that our marriage was strong enough to handle something of that level of catastrophic disaster Mm -hmm. to lose everything we have? And I wish, I wish I could tell you exactly where it came from, but I think it's just a lifetime of, of reading God's word and, and seeking God time and time again, like, I don't want to say you test God and at the same time you learn to kind of test God and he proves himself faithful. And so the next time you're facing a battle or a challenge or whatever, you know that you can trust him to provide again. Yeah. Yeah. Now I want to be really careful here because I'm not, what I'm not saying is God, please let this thing happen. And it always works out perfectly the way I want it. (laughs) What I'm saying is not holding those wants and those worldly things so tight, but holding them with an open hand and saying, God, you choose God, you, you bring into my life, what you want in my life. And you take out of my life, what you want out of my life and being okay with that decision, whatever he chooses, we work towards the things that we want and we let God ultimately decide what we have and what we don't have and genuinely being okay with what that looks like. And when you see the goodness that comes out of that. So here's the part of the story that I I don't tell very often is that I chose to follow what God was calling me to for starting a business. What I don't tell people a lot, because I don't usually have time to get around to it in the story. Two years later, the hospital did away with that management position. Wow. They eliminated it. Yes. Yeah. So what would have happened had I not trusted and followed, had I sought safety and security, according to the world, taken that management position, didn't start my business, and two years later lost my job. Right. And then I would have had nothing. Right. Your job would have left you instead of you leaving your job on your terms and on, on the terms of God and, and preparing. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I, I absolutely love that. So when you made this transition, you know, to be an entrepreneur, 
what what led you to want to put together programs? Because I know this is your your specialty for those that are listening here that are, um, you know, a coach, a speaker, you know, or have programs they want to sell, whatever the case may be. What led you to the program development specialist piece of it? Because that's how I first met you was through program yes. development. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my entire life. <laughs> right. When I, like the earliest jobs I can, the only, yeah, the earliest jobs I can remember was choreographing dances and gymnastics routines for kids. I always was putting together, you know, programs, services, movement, whatever, whatever that was. But more importantly, you know, I said I started out working in labor and delivery, but I didn't stay there long. I got my master's degree. My master's degree is in education, nursing education. And so I spent four years of my life learning how to develop education plans, learning how to develop training plans to teach. I've taught at the collegiate level. I trained new aspiring nurses. Um, I helped design programs for the college. I trained doctors and nurses at the bedside. I designed a nurse residency program for brand new nurses, making that transition from nursing school to bedside nursing. It's everything I did for the majority of my career over 15 years was developing programs and training um, staff, developing programs and implementing programs for the betterment of our patients. And so when I moved into the realm of coaching, I took that same skill set and just brought it across for coaches who had all these ideas of things they wanted to teach, but didn't know how to put it together in a way that someone could learn from. And that's that's one of the, the pitfalls of your own genius is because you've learned these things across your lifetime, and but you're teaching them at a master's level. And yet your clients down here at preschool level, right? And yeah. so how do we start teaching our clients in a way that they can learn from and understand rather than trying to figure out what the master's talking about? Yeah, yeah. Speaking above people or whatever. And again, it, it's a genius. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I was going to say, you know, what do you think is your genius in being able to do this? Like, for example, I'll give you the example so that there's more context around the question, you know, intuitively, I can look at someone's business and know exactly where the issue is in their business and hone in on it. And so often as a coach and mentor, you know, I'll say to people, what do you think are your top three challenges? And the top three challenges that they have are not the challenge that's causing the trouble, right, in their business or causing causing that angst. So when you think about what people come to you for, um, and helping you lay out a program, you know, and, and having the three options or whatever, you know, however you're laying that out, having that that uh, program, where do, what do you think is your intuition or your gut or your um, superpower of being able to say, here's the problem? And what do you see most frequently as it relates to people who are putting some educational pro programs together, whether it's coaching or whether it is in education or an event? Okay, so let me speak to the the some of the things that I see that just drive me crazy around program development. Yeah. Um, some, some of the things that drive me crazy 
are people just taking trainings that they're doing with clients and they do these live coaching calls and then they take it and they put it in a training portal and they're like, hey, here's my program. You can learn from this. There's no instruction. There's no breadcrumb trail for people to follow. They have to just absorb what they can absorb from um, those random bit and piece coaching calls. So that's one of the things that drives me absolutely batty. Also not understanding just foundational uh, teaching principles, um, not understanding the mind of the learner and how much people can absorb and when they're on overload and how to keep them from, keep their attention longer and keep them out of that overwhelm and overload. There's so many nuances to creating a high quality program that will lead to transformation um, that I think people just overlook when they're in the marketplace and they're focused on their marketing and just making sales. Yeah. That being said, my, where I feel like I have the most impact, like there's this, there's this knowledge and this skill set that I bring, right? But what I really enjoy in my favorite part is really working with the heart of the entrepreneur mm-hmm. because we can we can do the thing, but it's more about who we're becoming as a business owner and how we're showing up in the world that is going to either catapult us forward or keep us stuck spinning our wheels. And so that's something that I look for and I work with in most of my clients is yes, we're doing this tangible thing. We're creating your program or product. And what's the condition of your heart? Yeah. What are opportunities where I can pour into problems? We can solve mindsets, limiting beliefs, things like that, that we can overcome in the process of doing our other work, because you've been put on this earth to be a lifeline to someone else. And That's not just in the thing you deliver, but it's in who you are and how you're showing up in their life. Yeah. And to me, that's more important than anything else. Yeah. I think that's really powerful being able to see. And I know you use the word alignment a lot. I use the word alignment a lot, you know, especially with core values. And of course, one of my core values is faith, right? Uh, you know, making sure that that I'm working the way that I want to work. And, um, you know, I think so often, uh, and I'll speak just to, you know, the coaching and speaking world, for example, um, is that we want to, you know, teach uh, what we think we, how do I want to say this? We want to teach what we know best. And sometimes it requires that we teach what we don't know best to create that foundation before they can get to what we know best. Does that make a lot of sense? I mean, that was all over the place, but, but you know, absolutely. Right. And, and I think that that's what happens. And um, it so it becomes this, this sort of jargon for people. And the other thing I think too, is that um, there's a lot of repetition um, one of the things that I've discovered is, you know, through the course of of laying out my coach, coaching courses over time is that I was delivering things that I saw others deliver and felt that I needed to deliver them as well. But if I'm not happy delivering that or in the media, the medium in which I deliver it, um, it's going to shine through. And I think that's an important thing for people to think about is administering, you know, education programs, et cetera, as if 
If you don't, uh, let's use role-playing in sales. If you don't like role-playing, I love role-playing, by the way. <laughs> I'm using something that I <laughs> that I love to do. But, uh, and, yeah. you know, what happens is that, um, you know, because I love role-playing, um, I, I incorporate that in because I know it's something that people need in sales. However, there are people that incorporate that in because they saw it, someone else doing it, and then they feel miserably, their clients aren't happy, they aren't happy. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about that. What is, what is just one thing or two things that you see that everybody wants to put into a program or, you know, a, a, a course that they're outlining, you know, a course, because I know you do certification courses is too. you help people create certification courses, which are, which is beautiful for someone who is, um, you know, in the workspace or in education. So what are some of the things that people just feel like they have to do? And it's just so unnecessary. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think you've actually hit on some of those things already. You know, they'll, they'll see an influencer do something and then they feel like they have to put that in there right now. And it's, it's not program specific right now, at least in, in the circles that I'm in the hundred thousand dollar offer is like, oh, right. <laughs> Everyone thinks they need to have a hundred thousand dollar offer. And I've been talking to people who do those things and have those things. And when it boils down, usually it's something that's dripped out over multiple years and it's broken down, you know, to multiple different stages and things like that. And I'm like, so it's not really a hundred thousand dollar offer. It's, it's, you know, 33, it's taking the lifetime value of your client mm -hmm. and just bundling it into one instead of creating something that's, that's really has enough value to merit a one-time offer that's, that's of that level. Yeah. So I would say, you know, going on what's trendy is another thing. And ultimately, one of the things that I dig into with my clients, we do a thing called the spark assessment. And because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs on creating their, sometimes they're called a signature program. Sometimes they're called a flagship program. It's, it's the one thing that you become really well known for. Mm -hmm. And in order for you to become well known for that, in order for that to stand out above the crowd, we have to really look at who you are as a person, the things that light you up, the things that you want to pour into this that are exciting for you, that that get you excited to show up and deliver this. Again, it's not just the practical, tangible things that you do, but it's who you are and what you're bringing to the market space through that. And so that's one of the things that I think is really important, not to be just a copycat or a cookie cutter of someone else, not to just do what's trendy, but really to take the time to look at who am I and what do I want to contribute? What's that unique thing that I want to bring to the marketplace that no one else has to offer? Yeah, I think that's wonderful. And I think, you know, the undertone that you're saying here is less is more. You know, I see some that are just, uh, you know, load up their programs. I mean, there's so many things that you can't even take advantage of it. And it it gets over, you know, gets cumbersome. 
And, you know, that's nice that it's all being offered and all this stuff, but I don't have the time to implement it, you know, and that's, that's something you and I were talking about behind the green room, you know, in the green room is that I've pulled back on some of, uh, you know, some, some organizations, some coaches, uh, some masterminds, uh, you know, some groups I've pulled back on them and not necessarily, you know, one pulled back to just say, I don't need to be in everything. Um, I have this little saying that I go, I only go to things now for promo or uh, I don't go for FOMO. I only go for promo, <laughs> right? I'm either going there because I'm speaking or I'm yes. going there because the people in the, in the crowd are people that I want to collaborate with, or in some cases they're my target market, right? But generally it's collaboration. And, um, you know, and I've been pulling back for almost a year now. I've been pulling back, pulling back and saying, do I really need to be part of this group? And some groups I want to be part of, but I don't go to everything. You know, I don't show up at coaching calls. Mm -hmm. I don't show up at things um, because I want to be part of it. But maybe I've chosen a different way. And I think this is important for people to hear as they're putting these programs together, um, whether it's coaching programs, again, or educational programs is uh, so less can be so much more instead of 10 topics. It can be one topic that you go deep 10 ways, you know, you grow through it 10 ways. And I know that's oh. probably very extreme, but what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> no, I was going to say you, you nailed it right there. And that's, it, it sounds a little cliche because you hear it a lot, but go deep, not wide. Yeah. Right. Go deep within your subject matter. Don't try and cover everything that's out there. And I think that's really, really important. I think it's also really important, again, to, to do that within the framework of creating that learning pathway where people can, can follow you into the depths and not starting at, at that place of mastery because people do need to be able to start where they're at and come along with you and learn at the various different stages of, of that process. And, um, you know, it's, it's great to be able to add things in, but just like you're saying, you can completely overwhelm your potential buyer by adding in lots of fluff. That's great to have, but it's not going to help them laser focus in on the one problem that they need to solve right now. And one of the things that I'm seeing in the marketplace right now is that people want help with implementation. Mm -hmm. They want help with, with actually putting it to practice the execution, yeah. what they're learning. So yes, the, the execution of, of what they they're learning. So there, yeah. the pendulum swings, you know, there, there comes a time where people want more experiences and they want, you know, lots of different things in the program. But right now, what I'm seeing is a focus on learning the thing that's going to take them to the next step. And yeah. so for you to be able to provide that in a clear, concise manner, I think is going to take you exponentially further. Yeah, I, I I agree. One of the words that I'm hearing from a lot of people on, you know, stages in the audience, you know, on podcasts with my clients, with my mastermind students, right? Members, distraction, avoiding distraction. And I think some of this has come up post-pandemic you know, is that we were, everybody was really laser focused on how do I create a business that isn't, um, you know, belly to belly that can have an online, maybe it's a hybrid of both. 
you know, and there was a lot of focus on that. And now they're so ingrained in it. They're saying, okay, so what's next? Cause I was working really hard on a focus thing and I don't have anything else to focus on. And so I'm just distracted by everything around there. Right. And I always say this shiny object syndrome is the acronym is SOS, right? It's help. That's what it is. Yes. That's, that's truly yes. what it is. It's like help me. Yes. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I think that that's important. It's funny because uh, my book launch that I just, you know, mentioned here um, launches. Uh, it, the reason I did this book and it was seven years ago. The reason I did the book was because that's exactly what I was hearing was we all know what we need to do. We just, the how is the problem. And so often I hear a lot of coaches and speakers saying, don't worry about the how, worry about the why. And I think both are important. Absolutely. The why is for me, God driven, right? What I want in my life, what I want, you know, in the kingdom of God. Um, the how is what so many people just don't know how to put into place, you know? And I think that they're just scrambling for that. So it, it's funny, um, you, you've, you use pathway, I use roadmap, but it's the same thing, you know, like this is how we're going to lay this out over a period of however long you're going to be with me. And this is what your path is going to look like. And you're going to hear things from other people that might be further down your path. So now you're getting the foresight to be able to um, uh, handle those situations. You're getting somewhat of a foresight about what's coming ahead as a, as a leader, as you continue to grow your practice. Um, and I think that that's still really good, but, you know, as a mentor, you have to pull people back and say, yes, but you're not there yet. Right. We'll, we will get you there at some point, but right now we want to focus here. This is where we want to spend our time. So, yes. yeah, I love, I love that you're doing that. Um, you had mentioned, you know, in your bio that, you know, people are just really tired of, you know, I, you know, I, I say, live your legacy while you're building it. Right. <laughs> People are really tired of the whole grind and not feeling the results. Tell us a little bit about how you help people break through those ceilings, because those are glass ceilings for people as well as I'm working like a dog. How come I don't have the results? What are some ways that you help people through those ceilings? Mm -hmm. yeah. So when it comes to that particular piece of it, you have people who love this answer and you have people who hate this answer. But the answer for me that I found is really doing that internal work, mm -hmm. pulling away from the, all the implementation, all the execution steps, even, even if it's for an hour a week, right? Pulling away from all of that and really taking time to sit with yourself and to examine, okay, what is it I really want? And what's the, the direction that I'm supposed to get? Now, I believe that as faith-based faith -based people and um, people of faith, that we have the Holy Spirit within us that will speak to us and guide us. And the really cool thing about that is the Holy Spirit can be everywhere at once. He knows all, sees all, hears all, like he knows the plans right? He knows the plans that he has for us. And so when we're trying to figure out where do I turn, what do I do? What's the next thing? Da, 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 and you're, you're subject to distraction. You're subject to the shiny object syndrome. The most important thing we can do is pull back and consult with 
the Holy Spirit because he's going to tell you which step to take. Yeah. There was a season in my business where I didn't have a coach because I was learning to develop that, that, um, listening to his voice. And when that season was over, he showed me the person that I was supposed to go work with. So still, even in whether it's a season of, of quiet or a season of action, he's going to show you where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do. And you don't have to go down the path of shiny object syndrome, trying to get everything all at once because you think you need it all. If you'll do the internal work of listening for that voice that will show you exactly what you need to do next. And when you do that, it pulls you out of the grind. It puts you in a place of peace and it puts you in a place of confident decision-making. Yeah. Yeah. I think, oh, that's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. You know, it reminds me, this is my favorite quote. I've said it on this podcast. I don't know how many times, but you know, from Les Brown and I use it all the time when I speak. In fact, I start my speeches with this. (laughs) I say my mentor, Les Brown says, right. Um, And what he's, what he says is if you, um, if you do what's easy, your life will be hard. If you do what's hard, your life will be easy. What people don't understand and what I've learned from him is that people think it's working hard, right? Going through ah constant, you know, SOS and, you know, hours and long hours. It's work, it, you know, working really hard and working really long hours, but it's not, it's doing the hard work. And that requires this step back that you're mentioning, right? It's doing that hard work because I always call it eating soup with a fork, right? Where you're just busy, 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 busy. You're not fulfilled. You're not full. You're not getting the results that you want. You're just busy eating soup with a fork. And if you just put that fork down and stand back, like you're suggesting to do standing back and then reassessing and saying, okay, let me do the, the hard work so that my life can be easier. I think a lot of times people are fighting up against what God does not want for us. And we, and we beat our heads against the wall. And we're going, yeah. I just don't understand. I've spent years and years trying to get this right, trying to get this right. Maybe it's the wrong thing. And because if you could just put down that fork and that for the soup and step back, you'll find out that's blocked for you. He doesn't want you to go there. All you have to do is make one little shift and the path is clear as a bell. I love that you said that Mm -hmm. because it's not working hard. It's doing the hard work on yourself. Um, Yeah. I think that that's really, really incredible. Okay. So, so Natalie, as we finish up our time today, um, where can people reach you? What is the best way for people to reach out to you? The best way to reach out to me would, you can go to my website, which is www.natalielavelock.com. Or if you want to book a call with me, just go to callwithnatalie.com. Don't put in the www. Just callwithnatalie.com and it'll take you right there and you can book a call with me anytime. Yeah. It's interesting you said that because people say it to me all the time. Do you do the www? Do the, do the HTTP, the HTTPS? Do I do this, do that? And I go, just try them all. I don't know. But just know that if it doesn't work, you can go in a different way. But I love that. Yeah, callwithnatalie.com. I love that. Um, so what what um, what are you reading right now that inspires you? Or listening to right now? Oh my goodness. 
all the books, all the <laughs> books. Um, right now I'm actively reading, uh, I believe it's called Sacred Rest, which is about resting. And the I think there's six different types of rest. And so, you know, when you feel overwhelmed or you feel tired, discerning which type of rest it is that you need. And, and for me, I thought that, you know, I just needed to sleep more, even though I was sleeping a lot and sleeping well. But what I found out was there's a different type of rest that I need. And so that has been an excellent book. I'm also reading a book on the Holy Spirit. I'm reading a book called The Circle Maker, which is about prayer. I'm reading a book on doing business God's way. So does yeah, that sound really, crazy? I'm you... working on like four different books at one time. Yeah, I am too. You know, I have one in my purse. I have one for travel. I have one by my, you know, if I'm sitting, if my husband's watching news and I don't want to watch and I have one by my bed. Yeah, I, I'm doing that all the time. Um, Definitely doing. What is the name of your first book again? So I can make a note of it. I'll put a link in. Yeah, the first book is Sacred Rest. Sacred, Sacred Rest. Okay, got it. That I'm reading. Got it. Yep. I got it. Sounds good. Um, do your books are on uh, Amazon, the four books that you've done? What are you, uh, the four books that you've done? Uh, I don't know if they're all collaborative. I know you were in one of mine, <laughs> but uh, do you have a book? Yes. Of uh, so the, I do. I was just looking around going, oh, Give me one second. I think I can put my hands on one. <laughs> there you go. I always do that too when I'm in podcasts, right? And so those that are listening, you know, when you're when you're doing a podcast, you want to try to have your books around, but I get it. I don't always have them either. I, I don't always have them built. There we go. Leap of faith. And that is totally what you talk about. Yeah, this is my most recent one. Leap of faith. It's 21 empowering stories of entrepreneurs who took a leap of faith and found God in the gap right there is that safe as that safety net just like I got you girl I got your back it's gonna be <laughs> all right so I that know. one um we're actually it will be coming out on Amazon soon um we just finished this up these are hot off the press so um within the next couple of weeks you'll be able to find it on Amazon good Beautiful. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. And I want to just ask if you want to leave us with a quote or a mantra as we finish our time together. You know, the thing that I wish I could just help people really understand is the value of their own life. I think, you know, we just, we get caught up in the day to day and the years pass and the decades pass. And then, and then we're gone. And so I really wish that I could help people see how much their life truly mattered and that every second you have is sacred. Mm -hmm. Every second, the choices that you make, those are sacred choices that will take you closer to your destiny or further from your destiny. And so my hope is that whoever you are, wherever you're at, you will embrace that and that you will um, that you will take that step, take your own leap of faith, that you will stand, stand up and say yes to your own calling because that's the legacy you're going to leave. Yeah. I love it. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it, again, it goes back to Psalms, right? Be still and know that I am God. We need to be still. 
you know, the, the constant rat races is just what we need to step away from. And I, and I love that you brought that, that in here today to us. So thank you so much for being with us today, Natalie. I really appreciate your time and wisdom. Thank you. It's, it's an honor and a pleasure as always. Thank you. And to you, my listeners, thank you so much for listening in. Take a quick moment and just scroll down on your phone. Give us a great five-star rating and write something beautiful about what you heard from Natalie so that that gives her feedback as well. And if you haven't subscribed or followed us yet, I keep, you know, I've been doing this so long. I say subscribe. If you haven't started following us yet, please start following us so that you can get updates every single week as we explore people that have broken through the glass ceilings in their lives and what that could mean for you if you're thinking about growing through that or breaking through that glass ceiling as well. Last but not least, don't forget to subscribe to my uh, YouTube channel where you can get uh, the video and not just the audio of our interview. And I appreciate you following every single week with me. And until then, we'll catch you on the next episode. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.